0: Now, I do have to add, now that I'm older and single, I think I'm gonna drop the (laughs) (laughs) miss.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Matt LaMarche with Keller Williams First Atlanta, and this is Selling Sandy Springs. Why don't you guys tell us who you are and where we are today?
0: Well, I'll start sure. uh, since I'm the oldest. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, My name is Tilly O'Neill, but uh, everyone calls me Miss Tilly, okay. and I think that started because when I uh, started Every Woman Works, uh, I was over sixty, and I think that younger women have a tendency to want to be respectful and not call you Tilly. So, <laughs> consequently, my I got the name Miss Tilly, and it stuck with me. Now, I do have to add. Now that I'm older and single, I think I'm gonna drop the miss <laughs> 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 because it sounds a little dated, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> just call <can't come laughs> <Tilly>. you <Okay. laughs> Tilly, Tilly O'Neill. Yes. And so I, I, uh, I am the founder of Every Woman Works. I, after 36 years of working in corporate, uh, I, I retired, and I felt like you know I knew that one day I was gonna die but i didn't feel like that i had made a difference Mm. so i wanted to know what's my purpose And I read The Purpose Driven Life, believe it or not, and it was kind of like a spiritual walk. What am I here for? What is it that I can do? How can I help others? How can I leave a legacy? And from that, I got, because of my background and experience as a single parent, and if you just knew my history on and on, being uh, the only female African-American in engineering Mm -hmm. and not having a mentor and not having anyone to tell me what do you need to do to be successful and kind of spiritually using leadership skills in order to progress within the organization. So I felt that I I was grounded and I also taught management education and training. So I got leadership skills. So I felt that I was grounded. How do I help women who were lost? And so I got this epiphany and it was kind of like help women to move from dependency to self-sufficiency. And then the next question, who are these women? okay the women who are in recovery from alcohol and drugs women on welfare mm-hmm. you know and in getting jobs is just over broke women who are just recently transitioning from the military and and finding that process very difficult because of ptsd and etc just women in general who have, have challenges and financial difficulties and stuff how do i help them to move from being dependent on a system on a person on an organization to self-sufficiency. And that's how I came about with the idea of starting an organization to teach them the skills that's necessary to make that transition.
1: Fantastic.
0: And that was, what, 15 years ago? 15 years in February the 4th.
1: Excellent. And where did the name come from? What inspired the name exactly?
0: Now, now, see, everything is a story. I love it. I, I lived in Roswell. So I had problems trying to find, where are these women? Hmm. Because I had my blinders on. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any women recovering from alcohol and drugs in Roswell. I didn't see any homeless people in Roswell. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any women having difficulties transitioning from the, in Roswell. So I had to ask the question, God, where are these women that I'm going to serve? So one morning after my morning meditation, and I was still in bed, as a matter of fact, I got a call from this woman, Lou. Lucy, Lucy Hall from Mary Hall Freedom House. Hmm. She called me because she wanted to become CARF accredited. CARF accredited means that she could get government and state and uh, uh, grants and support. So she needed to be accredited. Hmm. Well, she found out that I was the Quincy Central Organizational Effectiveness from con- consultant from AT and T who recently retired. So she heard about me. She called me. So I asked a question what's your mission and when she told me that her mission was to serve women and teach them to love themselves and to to love them until they learn to love themselves and i asked her who are these women they were the women that god had called me to serve Hmm. so it was like oh (laughs) so that's how i got started with working with women in recovery working with women who had mental health issues, working with women who were homeless and on welfare so all of the universal women that God wanted me to serve was there hmm. and I had to ask questions to put a quality improvement program in place like what was your drug of choice and how long you've been using and how long have you been and what you know what do you think there was a significant emotional event that brought you here and by, and so I asked all of those questions in order to put together a quality improvement program for the organization so I was at the table and I says Lucy you know you we sent them out clean and sober and they come back. That's because they're still dependent. they dependent on a system where there's welfare, on a person who continues to take their power and they end up coming back. Mm-hmm. I said, why don't we then help them to become self-sufficient? And I don't know how to do that unless they get a job, unless they're working at something. So therefore, every woman works.
1: Very good. Stacy. a little more about you.
2: Hi, I'm Stacy Howell, and um, they call me Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not Miss <laughs> Stacy. But um, yes, I, I'm here at Every Woman Works, and I am um, the. Person who took the baton from the founder, Miss Tilly, upon her retirement, and I've been in the organization for two years. So she set the stage and she grew this child up for 14 years, and then she handed her over to me to send to um, high school, college, <laughs> and graduate school. Yes. And my role—it's a season for all of us, and where however long I'm supposed to be here, and my purpose was to build stability, take it to the next level, and then hand it off to the next person for them to get married, have children, and have the next generation come mm-hmm. through. So that's how I see it, and um, as Ms. Tilly talked about purpose, I too read The Purpose Driven Life, and I realized in that reading in academia and, and living life that um, I'm not in control, that everything happens as it's supposed to happen. So I raised my children um, in the Northeast. I ran for political office. I worked in IT, in the engineering company, Hewlett Packard, for 30 years, 22 years in other companies in sales and marketing. And my whole premise in my career was building relationships. When I ran for political office, it was empowering women, children, and families. I started my own 501c3, teaching cultural education to kids, Always wanted to be a sales trainer, but the money was going so well in sales, I never got to the training part. <laughs> so, teaching and empowering was a part of me. And I would go to work and I would come home in the evenings and I would take care of my family, and then I would be off to a board meeting um, in the community and hoping to run a municipality. Part of that empowerment was also diversity and how to live and um, work together in harmony when we all come from different points of life so ideally I got laid off and it is ideally because nothing happens by mistake and um, I got laid off I went through a transition in my personal life I moved to Atlanta and I had a hard time finding a job back in corporate America but that was the plan because I ended up in nonprofit, and the experiences that I had had prepared me for what I do today. And this has been the most fulfilling role that I have ever had. And I see women who come in in all walks of life who are broken, um, women who ha- are down on themselves or kind of lost themselves because women like me who were highly educated but Mm -hmm. then they got laid off and they didn't know how or where to um, reinvent themselves and to pivot and we became uh, a safe place for that with Mm -hmm. other women to wrap their arms around them, other women who've been through business, trailblazers Mm -hmm. like Miss Tilly. And so they come in here and they may not necessarily see themselves as part of the classroom because they see themselves as a higher level or, well, Mm -hmm. I don't have trauma. Um, But we all do. Trauma is living life long enough because we're all going to be tested in some way. And what it really is about is how we respond to that test. And so these women come in, and when they don't want to sit in the classroom, we have them volunteer. But they don't realize that they're also getting the empowering and the love and the lessons and that support to make that change and we've seen them get their wings and leave here once they come in and they start gifting the women in this class you think you're giving but you're receiving
1: hmm. that's powerful so who wants to tell the B story
0: <laughs> i like to tell the bee story i i, I like to tell the B story because when you work in engineering you find out interesting things. And one of the things that I discovered in, in my career was about the bee, that aerodynamically, the bumblebee should not be able to fly. And that translated to me because her body was so big <laughs> <laughs> and her wings were too small and, and that she didn't have the lift to, to be able to, to, to fly. But no one told her that she couldn't fly. And, and and the interesting thing is, like with most women, she started moving those wings at bullet speed, <laughs> and therefore a bumblebee flies. Mm. So women we serve have been told also that they, they've been told that they can't fly. Mm. They've been told that they never will mount to anything, they will never have a career, they will never... Uh, they won't be able to get their children back or they won't be able to make a, a living for themselves and their family They've been told these things mm-hmm. and I think the interesting thing is what we do here that we have to cause a major shift in that paradigm and that happens I think when we tell the bumblebee story and doing the hour of empowerment mm-hmm. is where we talk about the purpose-driven life and where we talk about uh Beth Moore and where we talk about the battlefield of the mind Hmm. and we talk about the whole concept of power that when you give up your your ability to choose and make choices to other people that you can't control, you've given up your power. Hmm. So now you take back your power by making different choices. Sure. And so the whole concept is just is, is just caught on like wildfire. And if you would come to the hour of power, you would see the transformation hmm. that literally takes place. I would say within the first week. Hmm. I mean, every every person, that I have ever wanted to influence financially to get them to volunteer, I would always invite them to come Hmm. to the our power. And the magic of that, the spirit of that, the transformation that happens with the women, it's like, uh, it's contagious. Hmm. We have had people from Kimberly Clark and Synchrony and Enterprise uh, to say to us, I wish we could start every day hmm. with the hour power, you know, to be inspired and motivated to want to give it our best, to, to do our best. And I think that's the magic of Every Woman Works.
1: Fantastic. Thank Perfect. I think if
0: you look at the transition of the bee, we had a
2: bee that we used to wear. And this is the new bee, and it's carrying a little bee. And so it speaks to us empowering and bringing women along. And we recently started a sorority of the women, the alumni, um, because we found that we wanted to keep a network and we wanted to talk about retention. And our stakeholders would ask us, how long are they in jobs after we employ them? Well, we had a little, um, we needed support in maintaining and retaining the women to connection. So I thought, I'm in a sorority from college, and I thought, We need a recovery sorority. Hmm. So we created um, Beta Epsilon Epsilon Sigma (laughs) bees. (laughs) B-E-E-S. They wear the colors and their pen is a flower with a little bee. And we Hmm. talk about pollination as Hmm. the next stage of the bee flying. Very cool. Because she pollinates from flower to flower and she creates a natural cycle of positivity and optimism for the growth of nature.
1: Fantastic. Very good. So let's talk a little more then about the curriculum, about how you guys not only came up with it, but what was the design behind that, and where ultimately does that take someone that comes through this program?
0: So um, I'm, I'm linear because of being, having been in engineering. So when, when you lay out a program, and my background is management, education, and training, the school of business in AT&T. So I knew how to put a curriculum together. So I thought, what would be the first thing? And that's where the hour power came into effect. Is that during that hour power that they could get in contact with themselves, who they are, where they get more about who do I want to be when I grow up, or, or what my what are my dreams, what are my aspirations? But more importantly, who am I, hmm. and what has happened that I've kind of lost myself? So, so in order when you would fi- when I would find out those things, I needed to put together a curriculum to because knowledge is power Mm -hmm. and and my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Yeah. So I decided on Mondays, Mondays would be job skills. Anything that they need to know about getting a job, whether it was resume writing, dress for success, or uh, resume, dress for success, interviewing, mock interviewing, anything, customer service, any anything that you need to know to get a job, but most importantly, to keep a job. We wouldn't even have employers to come and say, here are the behaviors that I look for when hmm. I I am getting ready to hire a pet person. That was Monday. Tuesday, we wanted to work on interpersonal communication skills. We want them, them to be able to, to know that no man is an island. So wherever you go, you are, need, you are need to be a part of a team or you need to be an intricate part of that team. But most importantly, you have a customer, and you need to be able to communicate effectively with the customer. You always have a customer, and they may not be right, but they're always the customer. So we start with that premise. And so everything that you need to know about your personality. Like you may be a, a, a driver or, or expressive, or you whatever the different personality tra- traits. You need to know that if we were all alike, it would be very boring, and we <laughs> wouldn't need everyone. So that's why we talk the different personalities. But communication is key. And so we put a lot of emphasis on interpersonal communication. And then Wednesdays. Wednesdays, believe it or not, they had to go into the computer room because Stacy will attest that there's no way, even then, back then when we started, <laughs> that you could get a job without having computer skills, mm-hmm. without having to go online to do research, to do your resume, to go out and find out about the the organization that you wanted to work with so that when they ask you why you want to work here you would have done your research so uh, computer skills were very very important and then on thursdays thursdays i don't know if that's changed but what do you guys do on thursday now? Um, relationship management. relationship and that's with relationships with uh we found that a lot of the women we're looking for love in the wrong places. Mm. So we had to help them to, to to identify what are healthy relationships. Because what we've also found, the women who've gone and got a job, got a, a home for their children, got their children back, when they go back to that relationship, usually with someone who's still using, they, they relapse. So we wanted to make sure that they were comfortable within themselves and they didn't uh, have this need for unhealthy relationships. But also we taught them about relationships with, between themselves and their employer, relationships between themselves and their team members. And then Friday, Friday's health and wellness. Hmm. Because we realized that I don't care what kind of job you have, if you're sick and you cannot make it to work, then you'll lose that job. Mm-hmm. So we put emphasis on your spiritual health, your physical health, your mental health, and your relationship health. So f- Fridays we devote to devoted to uh, even testing. In the, in the beginning, we would test them for their blood pressure, for their cholesterol, so that they would know what are some of the issues that they have so they could start work on those things before they go off into their work employment. Because you know and I know that when you first start out, you have X amount of days to miss And if you miss those days, it's not that they don't love you or they don't care (laughs) about you, but they need someone there to do the job. So health and wellness became a very, very important piece. And also on Fridays, uh, they have a chance to talk to the... uh, uh, talk to us uh, and, and we call it the uh, fireside, fireside chat, chat is mm. what I detain. So they get a chance to talk to Stacy about what's working, what's mm. not working. They've been here every week and now five weeks into the program so she's aware of what's working for them and what's not. So that's yeah. kind of like the curriculum. When
1: talking about the um, the advancement of the curriculum and kind of where it is today, kind of give us a little bit on that. Where Where is it? How does it stand today? Because Ms. Tilly just gave us a lot of the history of where it's been, but how has that changed for today?
2: So again, um, staying with the theme of preserving tradition while moving ahead with vision, um, we maintain the hour of empowerment. And what we do, we invite all walks of faith to come in and teach our um, hour of empowerment. And we lead that to the experts and it helps build our relationships throughout the community. So inviting temples um, of the Jewish faith, um, Muslim faith, churches, um, civic groups to come in and teach the Hour of Empowerment. And that Hour of Empowerment is a moment of inspiration. It teaches us patience, love, forgiveness, all the foundations of every religion. And it teaches us to love on ourselves, to forgive those who've trespassed against us, to forgive ourselves for the mistakes we have, and to have hope. It's all about hope and faith and once we do that that helps us break down that that trauma into little, tiny pieces let it dissipate into the air and let that new self be birthed hmm. into coming out into the world and our journey of success but without that formula that scientific formula which occurs you'll see them come in broken and then within Three weeks by the third week you see the flower blossom hmm. before you and they are ready now to receive the career skills on Monday the um, computer skills the life skills the relationship skills and the health and wellness skills and all of those ingredients build the whole woman because She has to have health and wellness, eat healthy, take care of herself so she can go to work every day and she's not calling in sick. So those are all the components of her being whole. And that's why we teach it in that format. We continue to do that, but we've added books like Who Moved My Cheese for Organizational Change and um, Out of the Maze, the next sequence of that book that just came out in 2017. So we're adding relevance of new uh, editorials, new literature and academia that have come forth in the last couple years that kind of go along with the formula and foundation that Miss Tilly started. But my role was to, how do we maintain being relevant? How do we keep them leading edge? And that comes out of being in the IT world. We were leading edge. We were always on the edge of what was new. And so we build leadership skills in these women to be that leader. to So that when they go out and get this job, they are recognized as the team lead in their company mm. because they have all the ingredients to be so. And that comes from the confidence that is built in them understanding their unique talent that they have been given. Um, and birthed with that no one else in the room has mm. and that's what we teach.
1: Fantastic. And I'm sure obviously a lot of the challenges that Ms. Tilly experienced 15 years ago still are there but now you've got so many more tools and resources right to be able to incorporate into the curriculum. So talk a little bit and we'll definitely show the um, computer lab at this point kind of the b-roll but talk a little bit about the integration of technology you know within the organization here.
2: So that you're exactly right, and, and so what has occurred, um, that was one of the first things. Being of IT, when I realized how old our technology and computers were, we went and we founded a grant, and it was the Waffle House that delivered a grant for us to buy new computers for our computer lab. We then went to a step further and we got smart boards so that we were teaching in the format of a 21st century classroom. Our next step is to build a classroom where you have collaborative tables in the back of the room and the classroom setting in the front so that we're doing problem solving in the classroom. So we moved from personal problem solving to business problem solving and again it's a leadership style tra- training and development so that when they go out into the workforce they know how to handle problems to tackle them they know process improvement to define a path and have an outcome and that's what we're teaching in a personal manner as well in the business format and so the classroom has to reflect that and we use technology as well as the format and building of the classroom to to set that setting if you will in that atmosphere
1: Perfect. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, the types of ways that people can get involved with this organization, the type of volunteers that you guys are looking for. Um, obviously, money's always great, but at the end of the day, there's always different needs at different times, right? So talk a little more about what your current need is and what you guys need for certainly the remainder of 2019. But as you look forward in the next year, in the next three and five, ten years, where can people help get involved and what type of um, solutions would you look for from the community?
2: Okay. Um, one of the ways, the pillars of the organization is always our volunteers and we look for volunteers day in and day out. I came in as a volunteer. I think most of the staff came in as volunteers. It's very hard to walk through our doors and not fall in love with the mission and the organization in itself and the impact that it's having in our community and overall into our families. We're building a legacy. When we change the life of mom, we change the life of her children. So there's a generational legacy impact that goes on. So when the volunteers come in here, Um, They actually go through Hour of Empowerment. We invite them to come to a graduation and you see the women from beginning to end and they never want to leave. Our volunteers have been here consistently, but they are also how we can be more impactful and extend our reach throughout the community and throughout um, different partnerships because we have to link arms with others to be strong enough to make the impact we're looking for. Um, and that comes through partnerships, so our volunteers will go back and build in their networks or their corporation that they worked with, and that's how we gain sponsorships. Fundraising, um, money is always the foundation to us doing more and being more impactful, so when our volunteers come in and we gain that Um, sponsorship in the way their hearts want to help then that leads also with the funding that comes behind that and one tells a friend and another tells a friend and we regain that um, funding and that empowerment to do more through a financial point of view and then um, thirdly we have fundraisers and we have um, Dancing to change lives our our stars dancing event that is usually held in the early fall september and october time frame And we invite dancers to come and have a competitive fun fundraising um, Gala with us where they dance in competition, but each dancer raises $25,000 toward every woman works and the scholarship of us being able to impact the lives of many women
1: Wow, very cool very cool Um any other volunteer things that you want to mention or? Um, yes.
2: Closed closet and, uh, and, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just start with like in addition, okay. you know, because you touched the volunteers, the dollars, and then uh, the uh, fundraising, okay. which is fantastic. Cause to me, those pillars are everyone's right. Every nonprofits <laughs> yeah. really. Um, and then, but I mean specific, so spiritual leaders, business leader, whoever, I mean, if someone walked through the door, kind of like you and I conversation, right, and said, hey, I want to blow you guys up, right? Who would you just get super excited about, you know? Um, So in addition to the fundraising, the volunteers, and obviously the dollars that come in through donations, who else or, or what other organizations could really help you guys?
2: I think our overall success is a call to action for anyone who walks through our doors to share their talent. And I'm a believer, and we're a believer, that everyone has a unique talent to share. And when you walk through that door, we're looking for that talent that you're passionate about, you want to share. So our our volunteerism starts with... Spiritual direction coming in and teaching the hour of empowerment, a classroom um, coming in and teaching financial liter- literacy, um, conflict resolution, anger management, or um, uh, computer skills how to use LinkedIn, how to use Microsoft, um, how to who moved my cheese, how to deal with organizational change, um, a lesson on. The do's and don'ts and how to present yourself, how to shake hands in a corporate environment. Mm. So many people don't know that. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but also donation of clothes. We need to have our women dressed for corporate um, corporations and business like attire. Um, we look for accessories to do that, to put a full suit on, how to accessorize it. We have fun doing skits of the do's and don'ts in the classroom. But people who want to come and teach and have Fun doing it as they're giving a gift to someone who may have never had that exposure and it's really about exposure and um, giving the gift of your own experience to someone who may not have had a positive experience to be their best Mm. and so we look for donations we have a mini clothes closet here as well as partnerships with uh, dress for success where we dress them from um, necklaces and pearls to suits to shoes Um, and all that encompasses that success. And it starts with feeling good when you first wake up, you get dressed, you look in the mirror, you feel confident, and then you go on to that interview. We also have corporations who come in and adopt a class, and they will adopt a five-week session, and they'll bring their employees in to be part of filling in the gaps of our classes. And that allows the corporations to have community involvement, um, to have a giving back day, and uh, also for every woman work to have expertise in the fields of what we're teaching and for the corporations to help us with resume writing and mock mock interviews. We take individuals to help do that, as well as um, corporate affiliates who help us.
1: Very good. So talk a little bit about the, um, the volunteer hours. Obviously, you mentioned that you guys are always looking for volunteers. I know that you guys do six sessions here, though, throughout the course of a year, basically every other month or so. Um, but talk a little bit about the, um, the instructors, the way that they give their time, their volunteerism. And then, Miss Tilly, if you'd dig into a little more about the advisory board and how, and, and their hours that they give, that'd be fantastic.
2: So again, our volunteers are the pillars of the organization and how much we can be accomplished um, throughout the year. We teach six classes, six five-week classes a year. So you can imagine six five-week classes and then every day for that five-week curriculum, we've got about five and a half hours of volunteer time. And we um, call for volunteers to come in and teach the Hour of Empowerment for an hour and a half, two hours of a session in the morning on a specific subject that will help these women get to the next level and then another two hours in the afternoon. And so that's five and a half hours roughly, we're talking 130 hours. And if we were to put a dollar amount Against those hours, say $75 an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be so much money mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. as a nonprofit, we would have to be fundraising all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, volunteers are the gem mm-hmm. of the survival yes. of yes. Every Woman Works and yes. other um, nonprofits out there. But the real role is we're saving our communities. There's only so much we can do when we live in urban, suburban areas and people fall through the gaps. It is up to the nonprofit areas that come in and reach in and grab hold and uplift those members of the community to make them solid members of the community, allow them to feel good about where they live and who they are. And that's the part of Every Woman Works, giving someone a job and employment would provide self-worth and makes them um, move from dependency to self-sufficiency. We're we're not only building a person; we're building our community. And Every Woman Works relies on our volunteers to come and help us do that. Whatever that talent is, we call on you to come and give because we can only be that good with the hands that come in and help us deliver. Hmm.
1: Very good. You want to talk a little bit about the board and their volunteers? Now, I was
0: just I was just thinking about when you when you start when you mention volunteerism it's just expanded my uh, my understanding of volunteers because the board members, of which you, what, about 12? Mm-hmm. 12 board members, they meet once a month, but sometimes those that meeting can last two or three hours, mm. and then they have other meetings, like they're planning the the, the fundraiser, mm-hmm. so then they have to, so when board members put in a lot of time and, and hours volunteering to make it work, and and when I, I, I start expanding, employers, they have this uh, job fair, employers do not expect for our women to go to them. They come here, hmm. they volunteer to come here to do the interview of the of the women during that job fair. Wow. And a lot of women from the from this have gotten hired because of them coming in here sure. having a job fair here. So when when you start expanding how uh, not for profits uh, what did you call it the heartbeat, mm-hmm. the gyms. Without not for profit, we would have to close our doors mm-hmm. because we would not be able to function. You yeah. Know? We could we could not do it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: Very good. Well, thank you guys so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. This is wonderful. I really, really appreciate it. Why don't we start with who you are and what you do here?
3: Hey, my name is Jennifer Barnes, and I am a board, have been a past board member at Every Woman Works, and I'm an instructor, and I have been with the organization for 10 years now.
1: Fantastic. And what's your favorite part about being involved with this organization?
3: I think it feels good to do work in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make contributions. I mean, you have your time, your energy, and your money. But to be able to contribute to something that's truly sitting right in your backyard and to watch the transformation of the women and to know that you can put your hand on the difference that you've actually made, there is such joy and reward that comes with
1: that. Yeah. Hm. So talk a little bit about this organization and why, um, why you decided to get involved, especially as a board member. That can be a big commitment. Well, um, I
3: started out as an instructor. A friend okay. of mine, Kay Evans, taught a customer service class, and she was going to be on vacation. So she asked me if I would teach her customer service class, and she just gave me her PowerPoint and all that. And I'm like, sure. Sure. I got in here, I got in that classroom, I got in front of those women and connected with them on a level that I had never experienced in teaching before. Hmm. And let's just say that Kay never taught the customer service class again. <laughs> it has been my class to teach yeah. now. Um, and the 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 evolution of the women that I've seen come through the program is phenomenal. I mean, truly ah, but me by the grace of God. I mean, you have to look at some of these women and say, one decision changed their life trajectory, and one good decision can change it right back. Mm -hmm. And for most of them, they are here as a blessing, and it is is what they need to change their life trajectory. Mm -hmm. It changes them from the inside out. I mean, they come in here mad and angry and broken and just don't feel like they're worth anything. And it is truly rebuilding their lives from the inside out, and it is, it's magic.
1: As we just saw, you were doing your instruction for the customer service. are not those girls great? (laughs) It was a powerful, I love how you ended it. Um, You know, I think all too often we don't hear, and we are the most critical of ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think that was a really nice way to end it and that was uh, very powerful for me to experience that so I appreciate that
3: and I, I hope it was powerful for them and I believe I think it was. so
1: I think so um, yeah no so um, so tell us what the future for you within this organization looks like and what do you hope to continue to gain but also, what do you hope for the women that come through this through this program?
3: Um, okay, so I've spent seven years on the board of directors, and I've been the chairman of the board of directors twice during that seven years. And the time came, I think you're, there's some rule about how long you're supposed to stay on. Mm-hmm. So I have now rolled off, and I'm starting the um, a, start starting a separate division, the um, a leadership or a, it's more like the fundraising arm. So I would like to continue to support the organization through circle of influence, mm-hmm. the board of influence. Sure. That's what we're doing now. Perfect. Um I think they have great growth plans in place. I mean, mm-hmm. we're looking at one subset of, of women who live in Sandy Springs. There are so many opportunities to take this program wider and deeper and different places and mm-hmm. there's so much need for it that I'm I'm just here to support whatever their growth may be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Um, well talk a little bit about um, your um, your connection once they've graduated. Like have you have people reached back out to you and said Hey, here's, here's where I am now, and a lot of it is because of the influence that you had on me.
3: There are several different people that I'm still in contact mm. with, but one is a little girl. Her name is Sonya Simon. She's a grown woman. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, she has started an organization called Every Kid's Camp, mm. and it is for the children of the women at Every Woman Works oh, wow. to go to Camp Grace, huh. which is another supporter as well mm-hmm. um, so they get a week there's two different groups of them that get a week at summer camp and the, for the past two years we've served I think we had 17 and then 23 and this year there were 26 kids so our goal is to find camp and learning opportunities for the summer mm-hmm. for all of these kids mm-hmm. so it's become a they've, they've had life-changing yeah. opportunities at camps That's we've fantastic. served a lot of kids yeah, yeah. fantastic.
1: Well, so if someone's watched this video and they're trying to find a way to get involved, no matter what scale, whether it's they want to be an instructor or they just want to donate their time or talent or money in another way, um, what do you think is the best way for someone to get involved with this organization?
3: Um, I think probably it's to figure out what you want to do. And I think what the organization needs is they need volunteers, Mm -hmm. and they've got a whole volunteer coordinator for that. We've got a um, clothes closet that helps women dress professionally. Um, we need people with resources for jobs because mm. our whole our whole thing is to get people get the women up and going and ready for employment but we need employers right. and we need instructors and we need corporations that will support us in those ways as well either to do interviews or to teach or and at the end of the day we need money to keep the lights on because mm-hmm. this is really important work and there's no there's no funding except for um, grants, and then most of our funding comes from individual contributors. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to do to get involved that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely.